Hi everyone and welcome to the Made Sessions on CliffCentral.com. My name is Talisa Cindy and today with us is one of our very loved guests, um, Amanda Horwitz. And she was here a few episodes ago to share her own story, um, Made Views with Amanda Horwitz. Please go and listen to that. And she also had a show where she spoke about animals with her domestic worker, Fee. <laughs> and she is here today to interview me as um, one of the co-founders of MADE because she's been intricately involved in the growth and progress of MADE as a company. And so we thought that it would be an interesting show to turn that around um, and make this a reflective show. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you. It's so lovely to be back here. <laughs> I always feel so inspired and excited to be in the seat. Um, it's interesting because I think it was about a year ago that I met architect, activist, Kim Kardashian admirer <laughs> and wunderkind to Lisa Cindy. And the interesting thing is at the time she wasn't designing structures. You'd expect a passionate architect to design. Now, actually, she and her partner, Mbali and Jomani, were working on plans of their own. And these were plans of a very different kind. Oops, my cell phone's on. <laughs> Let me switch it off. Excuse me. So it was really amazing. Um, the time I actually met the two of you, made actually I think was in a very different form unless I was just exposed to one part of it. But at that point, I was exposed to the made catwalk project. Oh, yes. And unlike FTV, it really did blow my hair back. <laughs> it was the most um, powerful, worthwhile, incredible um, piece of thinking statement about our society uh, it offered so many incredible possibilities um, and I started the journey with you of looking at how could we uh, make the made catwalk a reality and um, I think we fell on and off the catwalk together but I'm really interested to know since that time what's happened to made catwalk and how made has developed so that was when I was first brought in, but I think mm. a lot has happened since. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think one of the things that this process of trying to build this company has taught us is the timing is everything. And so ideas, in a way, you know, ideas can be brilliant, but if it's not well-timed, mm. it won't be received in the way that you hope. Mm. And so I think we were at a stage where we weren't necessarily riding any kind of social waves, right? So yeah. we weren't necessarily, um, we weren't necessarily feeding any kind of need, mm. right? Or, mm. or immediately perceived need. Mm. So to address a domestic worker uniform, you know, a lot of people would say, Oh yeah, that is an issue. But you know, how, how it, they could see it immediately affect them wasn't, Immediately evident mm. So we know the lasting implications Of um, exploring that mm. Through the made catwalk But we really have started to learn More and more how to time Our different um, initiatives And was Was the made catwalk The first block Of your vision or was it the first Thing that I was exposed to So was that in fact the starting point of made Not even close <laughs> Oh wow! So I think I was there at the foundation, but not at all. It, it, it was it was largely a foundation. Yeah. Um, 
but I think a lot of our different projects had were different kinds of foundations. Yes. So what we initially wanted to start out with was a book similar to The Help, yeah. where we just wanted to document, but we we were still thinking quite creatively on on the kind of um, emotional impact that it would have, right? Because mm. a lot of the times. Uh, people tend to feel either sorry for domestic workers or apathetic or, you know, like um, you can create distance from it. And so, again, what we were trying to do was explore ways for people to feel personally invested. And a lot of the times what the <clears throat> initial like instinctive thing to do was mm. to, to go into like the scandalous things <laughs> that they That's that they an, see yeah. and experience, right? Yeah. Because it's like it's very easy to captivate Absolutely. audiences with things that the you're not scandal. Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. Um and so we're trying to find ways to do it beyond that. But then what was we also had to ask ourselves what was the impact we were trying to what was the long lasting impact we were trying to have it give. So besides knowing the story, what do you do now that you know the story? Yes. Um, and so that's what it started out as. And then it moved very quickly to the podcast, yeah. which is what we're on now. Yes, yes. And that was, that was trying to explore how to, um, present domestic workers as the intelligent, um, you know, politically aware, socially aware people that they are. How do we put them on the same intellectual platform as anyone else? Mm. Um, and then, and then I think, and then came the catwalk. Oh, okay. So you had already yes. started. Yes. And so oh. we, we thought that the catwalk could actually be, would, would be much louder. Yeah. You know, it because, feels because like it's a very visual spectacle that could have almost catapulted, even if there was something, um, more superficial, if that's the right word. Mm. Um, even though, um, the, the uniform's not superficial, but an event, you know, like yes. a one-off event yes. had that sort of launch potential almost to launch the podcast sessions. Because I think what I've found quite, I don't know if the word's frustrating and I might not be in touch, but a lot of people who I tell about the maid sessions are absolutely fascinated and wow it. And um, But the thing is, not that many people know about it. Yeah. And it's like this hidden gem that one just wants everybody to know about because there, there really isn't a person who I've told about it who doesn't say that sounds like the most incredible project. And then they've always got their own stories to tell about their experiences and their lifetime with domestic workers from different angles. I mean, generally, my life has been, um, you know, knowing the employers um, rather than the mm. domestic worker and Slowly things are changing a bit, but, um, I'm amazed actually how raw it is and how it taps into everybody's life in this country. Yeah. And I just feel there has to be a way if it's not the made catwalk, but there still must be a way to bring it more to the public eye. And I think this is the most incredible forum where you really can explore, but it's about, you know, I know that you and Mbali envisioned yourself on the front cover of Time magazine <laughs> and you really should get there. But the, the fact of the matter is it's an, it's an astounding project that actually affects people profoundly. It's not like, Oh, I've come up with a great campaign for X. You know, it's, it's a, it's something that is so key to our society, to changing the society. Mm. And, um, I, I just feel it needs 
exposure, exposure, exposure. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, so, so with the catwalk, for instance, um, and, and, and that word that you use, superficial, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. a perceived superficiality mm-hmm. around clothing. Um, that we're constantly confronted with these kinds of um, critiques about the way that we approach the domestic worker sector. So like a lot of people saying, I'm pretty sure the domestic worker uniform is probably the last issue on a domestic worker's list. Why aren't you dealing with medical aid or pension issues or, you know, abuse yep. issues or sexual abuse issues, mm. accommodation issues and and the list goes on and on, right? So mm. we're constantly, because our approach was always that of a creative one and an mm. innovation one, um, not, not that we were unaware mm. of the list, mm. which mm. is a very extensive one, but that we were, oh, that we believe that those design interventions will ultimately affect the overall space that, mm. that the domestic workers no pun on overall, Occupy. of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that in time when domestic workers can start to have income that allows them to afford their own medical aid or to afford, you know, better accommodation so that they're not exposed to sexual abuse and that kind mm. of stuff. Mm. Um, like we believe that we can create that through the innovations. That we yes. create, you know what I mean. So if yep. we start, so if if we start to make being on radio or being on podcasts financially sustainable mm. for domestic workers, which is you know one of our one of our intentions is that domestic workers will take over the show completely mm. in time, mm. um, but it has to be financially viable for anyone who participates and who who keeps us running. Um, but that those kinds of things will open up way more opportunities for them so that they're not reliant on their employers to provide their basic needs. But you know, at the same time, we've had to be honest, like we, we don't have, we, we're not psychologists. Mm. We're not sociologists. We, you know, we, but why should we, you we, be? Ca- we can't, you know, fund for every domestic worker to live in good spaces. Like we mm. know our limitations and we know our strengths mm. and we trying to build this, company on our strengths and i mean like you're saying you know i haven't been designing buildings but for me this is what i am building you know no, that's why i say and i meant it very much so i think you your your designs and your plans on some level were even bigger bigger than that you know i mean to to want to change fundamental structures of society and to change people's lives are enormous plans yeah. So, no, in my saying it, it's not like, oh, you should actually be making schools, churches, and houses. What you're doing is phenomenal. And I think it must have taken incredible sacrifice um, because architecture is a, you know, prestigious, acceptable way of being in the world. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I, I hope that this will become a way of practicing architecture. You know, like… Explain that to me. That's interesting. Because… Like I, I imagine that for me, the, I'm, I'm, I'm at the stage where I'm building my scaffold, right? I'm putting my scaffold together and my materials aren't quite bricks and mortar. They are, you know, the domestic work sector. They are different brands. They are different industries. And I'm trying to find ways to use these tools, which yes. are, you know, which are my materials of choice yep. in order to build what I perceive could be mm. the, better or best reality for the domestic worker sector. Mm. And 
I mean, that's why they call, they call, you know, social movements like uh, the architecture of apartheid. The Very architecture so. of apartheid. It was, it was designed and even. It's a design. Yeah. yeah. And, and they even speak about Hitler's, you know, architect mm. who wasn't, uh, he wasn't making buildings. Mm. He was, he was a social architect. Mm. Um, and destroying people. Rather than making <laughs> yeah. Them. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's terrifying, but it speaks to its mm. effectiveness yes. of your ability to design the way that society functions, mm. the way that people read others. Mm-hmm. You know, the way, the way that certain sectors fit into society. And that's why our business is called MADE because, you know, we believe that MAID was a construction and is a construction and that MADE speaks to us continuing to make, but to remake, to unmake, to, but, it, but it's, it continues to be a construction. Mm. And it's design. an interesting thing because initially when you told me it was called MADE, I went, <gasps> It's taken me so many years to say to you can't say that word. You can't domestic worker and then suddenly you sang made again and it felt like quite astounding mm. that that would be the choice. But I think that it's an interesting one because it does make you sit up. Mm. It is one of those words that are uncomfortable. Yeah. What do you think that your gains have been along the way? So where can you actually see differences and yeah, what what has actually worked quite smoothly for you? Oh, that's such a good question. Because <laughs> I'm not sure if anything has been smooth. <laughs> maybe smooth is the wrong word. But um, maybe, well, actually, we can start the other way around. Because I know, I've seen, you've had unbelievable challenges along the way. And I think challenges is often an, uh, a sort of euphemism for, like, being blocked, stumbling blocks, etc. Mm. So when you envisioned it, where did you hope it would be by now? And then what do you think has got in the way of being where you want to be? And and then often there are things that happen that you don't expect to happen. Yes. That are great. You know, I think that we always need to uh, set goals or have a vision, but the journey there is not always what we think. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm interested to know about this journey that you're on. Mm, no, as you as you ask about as you ask now about what was or has been simple, and it's something that I've never thought about. So that's probably why it stumped me a bit. But I think what's always been easy is selling the idea, mm. because we've always had we've always had people buy into the idea mm. as an idea, mm. simply as an idea, mm-hmm. not necessarily putting money down or putting. Mm. Or, opportunities down simply as the idea it's always been easy to sell um where it has been difficult is making it financially sustainable and we hope that by now we would be tending towards financial sustainability um but then when you're confronted especially with our business's model of you know, knocking on a lot of different industries' doors, mm. you're dealing with a lot of different kinds of perceived value. You know, yes. like some industries see something as valuable, other industries don't see the same thing as valuable. So there's almost it's been it's been difficult to track mm. h- how or when financial sustainability will come. Mm. So that's been really difficult because with everything coming out of our pockets. Um, it's been, it's, it's then brought us to the most difficult thing, which yeah. is managing the domestic workers that we've been working with's expectations 
Yes. That is very hard. Mm. Um, especially the ones that started with us on the, on the very first day, mm. who I think by now certainly expected that they'd <laughs> be able to leave their domestic worker jobs. Yes. We've also then had to be honest about how much we have to give of ourselves. Yes. Or, or how much we're expendable for mm. the sake of trying to manage other people's expectations. Um, and so, you know, getting into potential partnerships where you have to, to weigh out whether, you know, you should go for exposure mm. and that hopefully that'll open more doors or whether you need to like get financially stable now. Um, that has constantly been a struggle and both Mbali and I are such idealists and so we expect <laughs> you know like like we we just imagine that everyone is approaching the table with the best intentions yes. no one would ever want to no screw anyone of course, else never no no that yeah. doesn't happen and <laughs> yeah. never in business who needs a contract absolutely you not. and I have spoken uh, we you know handshake exactly Hug. exactly it's on both cheeks <laughs> not only one <laughs> exactly and so it's uh. been it's actually been so so outside of our natural personalities to have to like put our foot down or to have to propose a contract or to propose a clause in a contract or you know things like that it's like, very hard very unnatural very hard and unnatural and 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 it's funny because even though um i've been in a, in business to some extent or i've been in the advertising industry for a long time um i also I'm idealistic on a level. You wouldn't say so being in advertising, but um, <laughs> also I operate with immense trust. And despite the hideous things I've seen happening around <laughs> me, it feels so hard mm. to be bothered, to even be bothered. I mean, there's 50% of me takes responsibility because I'm too lazy or bored <laughs> to actually even read through a contract. It's such a, a terrible part, you know. It's why, why hide things in there? Just just say, you, you know. What we discussed. Yeah. Like, just write that down. But it's a very difficult thing. And, and, and also, you know, I was always in an industry where an agency looked after me and I didn't worry too much about the paperwork. Now that I'm in my own business... I actually can die from the paperwork and I was talking to you about time management, how <laughs> yes. difficult it is because so much of what you do actually goes against that original idea that you had and goes against the beauty of the idea and you find yourself in situations which actually have got nothing to do with idea. You can slit your wrists that you've got to be busy on legalities <laughs> yeah. and baby little clauses that are hidden somewhere <laughs> in the contract, you know, and it weighs one down that one mm. actually gets involved in a way in the wrong thing but i mean i have also started to see those processes as design as well okay you know so so it's like designing the best way to communicate your intentions designing the best way to to communicate what you expect to get out of something or the best way to to get the best out of this collaboration and that all of those things are are design opportunities. Mm. And I think that's how I, I stay on top of it or at least stay sane about it or yeah. else I think I would go <laughs> crazy. It's an interesting thing because I always feel one's in a mess with compromise in <laughs> life because yeah. let's say um, you had a sponsor, a business sponsor who came on board. So then they also start to dictate to say, well, you're representing our brand or to whatever degree the contract is. You may not be representing, but to some level, if they're associating with your brand, then 
some sort of dictation comes in and it feels to me that as soon as there's some sort of money exchange, as we know, mm. there is a power exchange. And that's why I wonder, is CSI any different from sponsorship, for instance, or from brand association? Because aren't the big guys still calling the shots in a sense? Oh, all the time. I know. It's so frustrating. I know. But, but Mbali and I were actually talking about this yesterday, about... Money not necessarily be the, being the thing that we exchange, but money being the third partner. So if you were to, to, uh, look, so say for instance, Serena Williams and Nike, mm. um, it's not, okay, Nike does pay Serena. Yes. <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> they better. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, so what Serena is giving is her star power, mm. her incredible athletic ability, mm. her reputation, you know, her work ethic, all those things, right? That is that is her her currency. Yes. Nike's currency is their reputation, their um their product productive excellence or whatever mm. it is, right? Mm. So, mm. so so those two are bringing Different things without even talking about money. Yes. Right? They're already bringing those things together. They both bring brand power of different natures together that works. I mean, it kind of works for both sides. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Right? So, so each other's currencies are important for each other. Yeah. Right? So, um, and then what they get as a result of that relationship is more money. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So so it's not necessarily that Nike's paying Serena or Serena's paying Nike, but money mutually beneficial. Yes, and money's the third partner. So it's not that one is buying the other okay. or whatever it is. And, and so and so we thought that that is and it, it's the it, it's relationships that happen all the time actually. Yes. You know, through collaborations for instance with um with musicians. Mm. Um, it's not that one musician is paying the other musician. It's that both know that they've built, you know, a certain fan base or a certain reputation or whatever it is. And so they yeah. bring that together and collectively the third partner becomes money. But no one owns the other. Yes. And I mean, I, I like, I like the idea of exploring that because you're never on the back foot because you're always bringing either IP or existing products or, you know, vision or whatever it is, right? But you, but you're never without anything. Absolutely. So even though you've yeah. got these like huge brands that are actually really too comfortable <laughs> with <laughs> throwing their weight around and throwing mm. money at you, mm. um, I really think that to to extend or to broaden our understanding of currency is so important in you know innovation spaces or. Or just business environments, which, which I mean, to be honest, I learned because I'm building a business. So, you know, it, mm. it is a way of thinking mm. in the business world. Mm. Um, at what point do you think, how, how much have you grown made from where it began? And now that you've um, perhaps had quite tough times and tough learnings along the way, have you changed what you Want your goal or your, do you have the same goal or do you have the same vision as you had when you started? Surprisingly, yes. And, um. And just remind me of what that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, I mean, I think Bali and I have different endpoints. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, and it's not even en- an endpoint. No, I know, it, but it, it's it was... kind of, there is somehow like, 
vision? Where, <laughs> yeah. What is going to happen? How are we going to change society? Where would we like to take this to yes, definitely, elevate? Definitely. Ah. For, for me, it would be the beginning of the rest, right? When we own our own airline. Made air. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That, that's for me because because I, I wanted wanna... to own Spinster Air. Yes. And then you didn't allow kids on the flight, you know, <laughs> but screaming babies. So it was for spinsters and businessmen. And the moms and you kids should, had to take the Barney flight. You should still do it. And I thought there was so much merit. The long haul flight with kids <laughs> screaming. But tell me about Made Air. <laughs> <laughs> so I find. I find, you know, like our, our, our struggle with land, with ownership of land. Yes. Um, there is already, you know, there's, there's already territories in the sky and, and the air is actually quite political, right? Like in terms of where, you know, people can, are allowed to fly or not allowed to fly, like the parts of the, the air that are, um, you know, militarized and the parts of the air that are not, right. uh, you know, all, all those sorts of things, the parts of the air where experiments happen, you know, like mm. chemical or scientific experiments happen versus the parts where they aren't, the parts where, um, broken, broken satellites are, are programmed to fall onto the earth, <laughs> you know, versus the parts that are protected. If I say from yes, falling. I'm making out like I know. I don't really know <laughs> what you're saying, For but me, I'm going I've along always, with it. I've always just been really interested by the air and also, and also the, the economic implications to accessing air, the air, right? Okay. So, um, and for, for domestic workers, a lot of the times, you know, flying mm. is an inaccessible thing mm. or flying maybe to, to far places or, you know, it, it's interesting, and it's interesting because, because so many domestic workers actually come from yes other parts of Africa. Yes, but they don't necessarily use the air. Well, ninety nine percent not. Mm. I know that. Mm. I shouldn't say I know that, like I'm such an authority. No, I think but certainly the ones that I've spoken <laughs> to have yes. never been on an airline. Yes, definitely. Mm. And and it's it's sometimes such a foreign concept that you have to be. It has to be presented to you as a concept in yes. order. In order for you to actually imagine its possibility. And I remember it for me it was and and it's a bit ironic because I came to this country when I was four years old on an aeroplane mm. or on, on aeroplanes. Were you aware of it? But I, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't and that's why it still had to be presented to me as a concept because in the first time I, I, I left the country again on an aeroplane or used an aeroplane was I think when I was maybe 26 years old or something, which was like two years ago. Yes. And that was the first time I I got reintroduced to the concept of accessing the air, and then all the all the all the sort of legalities and limitations and potentials around air. So, for me, a big deal will will be to have made air, and it and it would wouldn't just be you know for domestic workers. It would also be to explore, you know, the issues around our own you know SAA. The domestic workers sector will take over this this country. As, well, as it, a is, fact. it should be the most powerful sector. I mean, the thing that mm. I'm hugely aware of is really that that every single household only operates because of the domestic worker. Mm. We could close down. We could close down the economy. I know I shouldn't run the unions because that <laughs> is what would happen. But if the domestic workers decided they're not coming to work, the kids aren't going to crash. The dogs aren't being walked. Yeah. The household isn't running. And 
their power is immense. Their power, even just in terms of decision making, mm. in terms of that's why I'm amazed you don't have sp- sponsorship or you don't have brands that are strongly associated with it. Mm. Because as we know, the domestic worker very, very often makes decisions yes. about what brands should ha- um, be used in the home and in her home too. So she's actually making Two very, very key decisions. Yeah. So I'm hugely aware of the power, both in terms of economically, but just on a daily basis. Yeah. In anybody and everybody who I know very lovingly talks about their domestic worker mm. and she was late today, therefore I'm late, therefore, therefore, <laughs> therefore, I've got to go early, therefore, there. They are the backbone of our society. There is no question about it. I think what we found, because I completely agree with you now, and I, and no. I thought... I mean, I, I didn't necessarily think everyone would jump at the idea because it's not an easy sector to reform. Mm. Um, so, so it would really be a significant commitment that you would be making. Mm. But um, I certainly thought that people would, or industries, or or companies, brands would would be interested enough in investing in the vision. Um, even if it's, you know, at different stages of the vision, but they would be, they would be open to it. But I think what, what we've, we've come across over and over again, first of all, is how important it is how you sell yourself <laughs> and, mm. and your, you know, your, your sales skills. Mm. That elevator and, pitch. Yes. You and, and Bali spoke much too long. It's got to be 30 oh seconds. My gosh, I know. Sell it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and both her and I are introverts and nervous and you know You'd so never say I, that. I don't necessarily think we're great at selling. <laughs> Maybe not so but you you actually both of you are incredibly interesting and eloquent. And maybe it's just getting like editing in place. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing where to push pause, yes, where to cut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we need a little Amanda to just follow edit, us all edit, the time. Cutting just, point, cutting, 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 cutting. Right. <laughs> no, rephrase that one. No, okay. No, no. More, <laughs> more of an upbeat voice up front. That's it. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. I'm Tulisa Cindy. <laughs> and I'm in Bali and Jumani. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the packaging. You're Shonda hired. Rams. You're hired, Annie. Shonda Rams <laughs> could package for you. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. You don't have to just be dabbling locally. I like that. Yeah. 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 And I feel like she'd love this idea. I know that yeah. she loves this idea. <laughs> There's a channel for it. There's, I think, is it the, is her channel Na Na Na, I think. Oh, does she have a whole channel? She's got a whole channel oh, that's on the incredible. weekend. So I think that's that incredible. I've seen too many repeats. I think she needs a new idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, but yeah. So, so besides that, yeah. the fact that we, we, um, str- not really necessarily struggle, but we are uncomfortable yes. with selling. I know. Um, the other issue has also been, I think, every single time we have spoken to anyone about this, we have spoken about ideologies and visions. We've never just said, "Here, here's a product," <laughs> or a project, <laughs> and pay for as this, I put it, a project, and pay oh. for this little thing here. It's and, much more, and just have this yeah. little commitment. It's easier for people to actually be able to quantify something. Yeah, completely. And so and I it's think so big to to keep asking people to buy into this large and terrifying vision. Yeah, I think has also been. One of the limitations, and I guess it goes back to being knowing how to sell yourself, you know. So, um, and I suppose finding a person who literally is a visionary, yes, as opposed to a marketer, yes, 
Mm. Yes, mm. that is the perfect distinction. And that's why I say, I mean, I know that it's a big dream, Ashonda Rhimes, but it is somebody who can think beyond um, how many more packets of washing powder will I get off the shelf? Yes, absolutely. You know, and understanding the bigger vision. Mm, absolutely. And so... Um, yeah, like that's that's where we found quite a lot of difficulty is, you know, if I were to give you money, where does it immediately go? Mm. And what do I immediately Roy, see? What Roy, do I immediately Roy. see? Return on investment. Exactly. Oh, nothing exactly. can happen. I always thought Roy was like all the – everyone had a boyfriend called Roy. I know. Oh, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling a little left out. Absolutely. <laughs> I hate Roy as well. And I think that's the difficulty with creative people. Mm. With And that's always been the struggle, you know, with, with creative people you – Love what you do. You want to be, you want whatever you do to have integrity, to stand for what it should stand for. Mm. And then you realize, but actually, if it doesn't get out there, um, does it die? And <laughs> is it worth compromising? Um, and it's such a struggle all the time when your ideas are brilliant and pure and Integrous. Yeah. And then suddenly you find yourself thinking, but maybe it is worth just compromising a bit here and there. <laughs> and by the end, it's actually not what you had envisioned. Completely. And I mean, I do think it is a good lesson to stop being precious about your creations. I think there's a, there is certainly a good lesson there because it opens you up to the possibilities of all the different things it could be. Um, mm. But at mm. the same time, Again, such a fine line between letting go to, you know, for an idea to grow, evolve, develop, mm. or um, dumb down or, or, is that or, a word or, maybe for it? It's not even necessarily no. dumbing down, but just um, maybe watering it down. Okay. Yeah, like I guess it is dumbing down. Mm. Yeah, but but to a point, to a point where. It becomes about who you're selling it to rather than what you stand for. Yeah. You know, and, and, mm. um, I think that has probably been where our stubbornness has shown very strongly, <laughs> 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 where we have been unwilling. For instance, even with the, the radio show, like we've struggled with, um, you know, some telling us that they, they can't understand what we say and, I mean, for me, my personal, like, internal battle was, is it about, is it about what I'm saying or is it about the way I'm saying it? Because I'm so, like, I'm open to changing the way I say something, but I'm not necessarily re prepared to change my content. If, yeah. if it's what I mean, it's what I mean. You know mm, what I mean? Mm, mm. So, um, so yeah, things like that, like, I, I guess, yeah, it's, 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 we've started to, See where people's intentions are when they give us feedback. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so some, yeah, so, so some sort of wanting us to, to dumb it down, but for the sake of making it entertaining, right? Like just give us the scandals or just, mm -mm -mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll have a bigger audience. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, versus some saying, you can capture a larger audience by maybe phrasing certain things in certain ways so that the same intentions behind what you're saying mm. just 
is more understood by more people. Yeah. You know? I find that an interesting thing because um for me one of the most brilliant areas of writing um is series. Mm. And um there's such nuances in series and we yes. spoke about Shonda Rhimes, but characters are so gray, you know, not that black and white thing anymore. But yet mm. series are very easily accessible. And that's where it's really made sense to me. You know, I used to always think, oh, must go to the art movies for something rich and with depth. And I'm not, I'm not going to. Stir Kinnikor regular. I'm only going to the mall. Cinema Nouveau. <laughs> but in fact, it's really interesting when you watch very, very accessible stuff or you read accessible works. And the brilliance is in that they are so thought provoking. They're so beautifully expressed and yet they are simple and they're accessible. And to actually be able to, to, uh, um, Strike that balance, I suppose, of accessibility mm. without in any way it being pedestrian or dumb or, you know, it's just really for me the best series you don't struggle with. Yes. Um, and in fact, the series that sometimes annoy me are the ones that do try too hard. Yeah. I mean, there was, I think it was called True Detective and it was mm. brilliant, but the second series just became too arty. And I say that <laughs> as one who loved the cinema nouveau. <laughs> it was stop it guys. Let's just. Develop the characters. Let's yes. let's let's enjoy the story. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it it's quite hard actually to simplify things and to make them accessible. I mean, you, but, you've you you've seen it through my through my process with made. I know. I've <laughs> seen it through your process it's, with it's made. It's not an easy thing. No, me. and I've seen it also. I've seen it in your writing and in the things that we've shared. Your nature is you're academic. You are. By nature, academic. And yes, in academia, I am not academic. <laughs> that is so amazing. I don't want to meet the academics that you mix with. But the thing is that um, the things you often say to me, once I've decoded them, <laughs> I sit in awe and amazement. But they're not easily accessible always. Hmm. Like I'm even thinking now as I reflect and and my responses, I don't think my responses are that easily accessible no but but i'm just so much more aware of it now <laughs> i know but i think one often goes through a stage that all right then you're aware of it mm. but to actually make the transition takes time yes. if you want to enough i mean you you only need to make transitions if the way you are doing things is getting in the way of and it's wrong to say the end point but is mm. is putting too many stumbling blocks mm. In the way, um, but I think that the mistake I made for a long time was thinking that brilliance always had to be difficult, you know. And you've got to read T.S. Eliot and James Joyce to read brilliance. Yes. Um, and you can pick up Marion Keys, who's just so funny and clever and entertaining, and that in itself is brilliant. I'm just nodding like I know them. <laughs> oh well, oh well. Wait till you throw a few names around that I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's just that thing I'm just saying with writers. Um, yeah. yeah, I always thought one had to study the great literary gods. Mm. And actually, the geniuses are often the ones who appeal, who have universal truths, who re resonate. Yeah. 
with so many people. Yeah, absolutely. And Kim Kardashian, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. And I think that often is the genius. Yeah. I think the trouble is you too much of a real genius at this stage. No. And so is Mbali. And you've got to actually somehow find a way to make yourself more ordinary. <laughs> That's the best advice I've ever been given. How's that for an outstanding? You know what? Be ordinary. (laughs) Don't reach for the stars. Don't reach for airlines. Keep your feet on the ground and stay pedestrian. And then you might get your own airline. Absolutely. In the meantime, you have your own airwaves, which is halfway there. (laughs) A lot more than most people have. So we've got the one word. We've got air. We've got air. And as long as it's not hot air. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um I I agree with you and I think and that's probably also been one of the most liberating things about exploring how to make made an institution is to actually let go of having to be intellectual. Sometimes the conviction is something in something is enough and the fact that it plays itself out all the time in life mm. um and that it is relatable enough that it can become an institution that people, you know, invest in, buy into. T, I actually have a plane to catch. Not really. <laughs> but I've got to fly, I should You're say. I've got me. to fly. I am teasing you. <laughs> Just before I fly, um what are your what are your next steps um for made? My ne- our next step has been to step back. Oh, that's interesting. A yeah. step forward has been to step back, uh, to to step back to a place where we're not at a position where our proposals require funding, mm. and you know because that we we kept getting into models that were dependent based mm. relationships. Yeah. So you know we need the person with the money, or we need the person with a with a a podcast platform or we need a you know like we always just like needed something else in order for our ideas to be executable. Yeah. Um and so now we've gone back to a phase where we are building the network very slowly from scratch. We want to build the largest domestic worker network in the country. Mm. Um, and so we, yeah, like we're starting to collect that information person by person through, um, online channels. <clears throat> and then also through, through building a d- database, then to get to a stage where people are accessing services. So basically tangible products yeah. out of made. Okay. Um, so that money starts coming in rather than us pursuing money. And when that gets to become a sustainable model, then we can start to, you know, dream, dream like we do. So that's where we are. I love it. I'm with you on your journey. Oh, thank you. Wherever it goes. And if I can help give you the 30 second elevator pitch. (laughs) If I can help edit. But you've been so, you've been really pivotal in our growth as well. Thank you. You really, really have. It's, I feel very blessed to have been part of a small part of your journey, but it's really been a journey that's helped me grow and has opened my mind up to so many things. Um, so your made vision, I think, was the start of it. But just spending time with you mm. is tremendously enlightening, inspiring, and I'm very lucky. Oh, likewise. Thank you, T. <laughs> your whole family is always invited. 
I love that. Forever and ever. Yeah. Thank you, T. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for the reflective moment because I don't often have you it know, with me. You know, and sometimes it's an amazing thing. One is so busy um, chasing yeah. that you don't stop to think. And I don't even think we covered everything, but one doesn't stop to think of the unbelievable achievements. Mm. You are stumbling blocks, but unbelievable achievements mm, that have happened. And one often doesn't even stop to celebrate. Yeah. No, gratitude is everything actually in, in this journey. Mm. For the, for the listeners, um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, just, uh, follow at made underscore labs that's now m-a-d-e underscore labs l-e-b-s and if you want to follow our facebook page it is made dot labs so m-a-d-e dot l-a-b-s thanks so much for listening and we look forward to another interesting session next week have a very good afternoon bye Cliffcentral.com.